It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Changemakers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Imagine building a seven-figure business that requires fewer than five hours of work per week. Today's guest, Graham Cochran, did just that. Graham founded The Recording Revolution, a blog about music, and he turned it into a seven-figure business while working only a few hours per week. He joins us today to talk about how to capitalize on the knowledge you already possess. Graham is a business coach, YouTuber, and host of the Graham Cochran Show podcast. He's been featured on CNBC Make It and Business Insider, among others. He's the author of the book, How to Get Paid for What You Know. Welcome, Graham. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, glad to be here, John. So, Graham, let's start off by talking about the recording revolution. Why did you create this blog, and how were you able to monetize it? Yeah, I created it out of necessity. I had lost two jobs back in 2009 uh, during the Great Recession, which was a lot of fun for many of us, and felt the pressure to make a, a living in an alternative way. I had a new baby, my first mortgage, um, a wife to support, and I I did not want to go back to my traditional job. And I, I didn't know how to do anything else, but I figured if there was a way to do something online, I would love to try to figure it out. And I had experience in the music recording space. I'm a musician by trade, and I went to college and learned audio recording and production and enjoyed making albums for bands and working in a recording studio. And I thought I could maybe put out some content on the internet, start a blog, start a YouTube channel, show what I'm doing with the little clientele I had as a freelancer in hopes that it would actually generate more freelance clients. And what ended up happening was I, I created an audience online um, that was hungry to learn how to do things for themselves. They didn't want to hire me as much as they wanted to learn what I do and do it for themselves. And that's what led to finding different ways to monetize. Why do you think it took off? So many people have blogs today, but they're not able to make a living off of them. Yeah, well, it didn't take off at first for me. I mean, the context, it was about, you know, two years of full-time blogging and YouTubing before I was able to make a a living wage, as it were. I made $7,000 in my first year of doing it full-time. So I I did not know what I was doing. But, you know, having done this about almost 14 years now, and I've coached, you know, thousands and thousands of people to to start their online businesses in this way, the difference is – a strategy. You know, anybody can start a blog, which is wonderful. Anybody can start a YouTube channel uh, or a podcast and express themselves and share, which is wonderful. But it's the ones who understand the business side of things, the strategy of, okay, well, how is my content going to connect me with my ideal customer? And what would I sell to them? And what is the flow of them just discovering a blog post or a podcast and liking it and then becoming a customer? It's it's a little bit more forethought, um, and that's what I try to teach people in the book and online is, hey, here's the framework. 
Um, it's not just start a blog and the people will come or the money will flow, but a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel is, is a huge component of the business model. And once you figure out how, and there's many ways to do it, but how to make it work, then you just see it as one you know, piece of the whole machine and it all works together. I started this brand and business about the same time that you did back in 2008, 2009. Do you think the market is, is too saturated now to have someone break through? No, I actually think it's easier than ever. Um, it's interesting. The more saturated it becomes, people wonder that if, you know, have I missed out um, on my, my opportunity? I think we're actually, and I, I, I could be wrong because now no one knows the future, but from where I stand, I look at this sort of information product that, you know, some people call the knowledge economy or knowledge commerce. There's this world that we're in where you can sell information online and I think we're at the beginning of a maybe 30-year wave, so it looks like the wave's already come and gone, but I think we're still at the front of it, and it's much, much bigger than we think, and it'll last much, much longer. And what I've found is the more saturated a, a market becomes, the more content is out there, the more overwhelmed people are looking for good answers. And so where there's overwhelm, there's opportunity. If you can really clarify things and you can um, create just such a simple A to Z process for people um, they're going to appreciate that. And also, you know, everybody's different. You know, the way you would teach something, Joan, is different than the way I would teach it. And your experience is different than mine. And some people might like your personality better than mine. And we could teach the same thing, but they, there'd be a people that would gravitate towards you. So you really only have to carve out your little tribe on the internet um, of people who like you and the way you teach or explain something to make a living online. Graham, you say that we can find success from working just a few hours a week and so many people are working harder and harder and harder and they're not getting anywhere. So how does this work? How do we work less and actually achieve more? Yeah, so there's sort of the philosophy of it and then there's some of the mechanics of the business model. Um, the, the mechanics of the business model are pretty important for what I do in that I don't sell my time like a service. I, I used to. Um, I realized there was a bit of a cap on how much I could charge per hour as a consultant or coach. Um, and how many clients I could take in a given week without burning myself out. And so uh, I moved towards somewhat cloning myself, my knowledge, by packaging it into a digital video course or a, a community or a coaching package that multiple people can go through at the same time, and it's asynchronous. And so in a way, it's, it's not quite as powerful as if I sat down one-on-one -on -one with somebody and gave them personalized coaching but for 80% of the questions people have, an online course that I create will get them the answers they need, and it can be for much cheaper than what it would cost to hire me. But now I can sell it to as many people as possible in an automated way where I'm not exchanging my time to make that sale. So that's a huge part of it is selling a product, not my time, and then selling a digital product at that, which is much easier to, to scale and the overheads are much better. That's sort of the business model that I like, and that's what allows me to work for a few hours in one sense. But the other sense is, is sort of philosophical. I'm a huge fan of the 80-20 rule, Pareto's principle. Um, I, I'm kind of a fanatic in that I always challenge myself and look at everything I do in a given week, day, month for my business, write everything out, every bullet point, every little task, look at it, and then ask myself, uh, is this truly, this task truly necessary to drive the business forward? And I, I, I like Tim Ferriss. He wrote this you know, famous book, The 4-Hour Workweek. He has a great framework of sort of running your to-dos through. And 
and you ask yourself, could I just eliminate this task completely and it not really affect my bottom line? Maybe mm-hmm. business goes down a little bit, but not very much. Could I eliminate it? If I can't eliminate it, could I automate it to a piece of software? Um, and if I can't eliminate it and I can't automate it, then can I delegate it to somebody else? Can I hire somebody on Fiverr or Upwork as a small contractor to handle it for me? And, and you can eliminate a lot of the things off your plate going through those three things, eliminate, automate, delegate, and whatever's left that can't be eliminated, can't be automated, can't hire somebody else to do because it requires your face or your voice or your specific skill set, then those are the things remaining to do. And you'll be surprised at how few of those things are necessary in most businesses. Well, and I think the problem is, Graham, that we spend so much time doing all of these little tasks that are really just busy work. And if, like you said, if you get rid of those things, you can scale down your work time. You're absolutely right. I think it takes a lot of honesty with yourself, though, because I think we we get so used to some of the busy work, whether it's keeping your email tab open all the time or, or you know, scrolling through social media or even posting to social media as if I, if I post more than my business will grow. I, I'm in the online business world and where a lot of people assume social media is the most important tool. And I challenge that a lot because I find that it's been a giant waste of my time. I, I, I took a whole year off of social media um, two years ago and my business quintupled. Uh, and so I, I've learned there's not always a correlation between activity, certain activities, and how much money is in your pocket. And so it's worth testing those things, but it, it requires you being honest and saying, hey, maybe I've been wasting a lot of time, and most people don't want to confront that reality. You know what's interesting? When I do get hyper-focused and I'm extremely organized and I'm able to work less and achieve more, I actually feel guilty. I feel like I'm being lazy. Have you ever felt that way? I love this question because I think this is a real problem and a real byproduct of our culture right in America, right? We we really value hard work, which is a good thing, but it's gotten a little out of hand in that we 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 either demonize people who are just, I mean, you imagine if you saw a guy just sitting in a chair in his front yard all day, you'd assume he's lazy or a bum or, or has no job, but what if he's gotten all his work done and his business is relatively automated and he's just enjoying sitting in a chair, enjoying the beautiful day? Uh, we don't we don't really value those things, and so we judge others, and then we judge ourselves. I you said the word guilt. I have felt guilt. I struggled with it. I mean, all of my friends were working harder and harder, and here my business was growing as I worked less and less each year. Um, and it I had no context for a life like that, and no one I could talk to that that could affirm me and say, hey, this isn't a bad thing. It might feel weird, but um, I've had to figure a lot of that out on my own and realize that. Life is more than just your work. I, I really love the work I do. That's one of the benefits of being in business for yourself. But I don't want to work all the time. I want to be able to take my kids to school every morning. I want to be able to pick them up from school. I want to be able to go to the gym. I want to be able to go for a long walk. I want to be able to have a long lunch when a friend comes into town who I haven't seen in a while. I, I want to be freed up to do things that are important um, that aren't maybe as important in the world's eyes. Uh, but it does take a process of getting okay with it, um, creating a new normal, and maybe realizing that you might be one of the only people in your friend circle that's experiencing this. So, Graham, when a person decides to set up a program, whether it be a, a webinar or a coaching program or even selling a book, whatever that person decides to do, how does he or she then go about promoting it? Yeah, that's the best question because, you know, without an audience, right, you can't do anything. You can't sell anything. You can't make a living. Um, but if you have an audience of people, then you can sell anything, do anything. It could be a book. It could be a live event. It could be uh, a training. 
And so the audience is the most important thing. And so what I spend my time doing, the one thing that I, I don't outsource because I can't is my weekly content. And so I show up and deliver at least one piece of valuable content that goes out to the world for free every week. So for me these days, it looks like a video podcast. So it goes on YouTube. Uh, it goes on you know, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I might be interviewing a guest or I might be doing a monologue episode where I'm teaching a concept. Um, and I'm creating content in a world uh, that people are looking for that content. So the great thing about, let's say, YouTube is that it's a search engine. If I put a video out on YouTube uh, all about how to, you know, figure out your profitable business idea in the next 30 days, that's something people are typing into YouTube, how to figure out if my business idea is going to be profitable or what should my business idea be or how to start an online business or they're searching for content. It's an interesting platform. So if you create content that answers the questions they're typing in or addresses the issues and concerns and fears they have, then your content can show up through the search results, and then people can engage with it, see if they like you. And from there, you can have a system that invites them into more of a relationship with you. And that's where you have an opportunity to sell later. But it starts with giving so much value first, creating stuff that's so good, that's free, that's shareable, that's discoverable in a search engine that people say, who is this guy? Or who is this gal, Joan? This stuff is great. I want to know what else she has. And then it begins a relationship. So I'm committed to weekly YouTube content and the podcast because uh, that's really what builds the audience over time. It's not fast, but it does work consistently over time. What I love about your story, Graham, is that when you started it, the way you explained it is that you started it out of necessity. And that's what happened to me. My life basically fell apart and I needed to figure out what I was going to do. Uh, my marriage ended. I, I lost my family. They passed away. And so you you know, you you think to yourself, what will my next move be? And, and I think what stops a lot of people is they say to themselves, well, I don't have an education in that area. I don't have the skills that I need. But like you said, you learn them. I learn them. And I think that can give people a lot of hope. You, you said it. I mean, um, gosh, you know, your story sounds very painful. And, and I think we all have had those moments, but a big or small, where we have to do something different. We have to make a different choice. And there's so much fear. I mean, I was so afraid when I started my business. Um, it wasn't like I had a map of even how the business model worked. I was telling somebody yesterday on a podcast, it's not like I was the entrepreneur looking up the mountain. I'm at the base of a mountain. I'm looking up and I'm saying, wow, that looks really hard, but I have a guide who's going to take me up the mountain or someone who's been there before. And now I know the way. Uh, I didn't even know the way. I didn't know what I was doing. And so I had a lot of fear and a lot of people are afraid to start something new. And I didn't know the skills, like you said, and I think that's what's so great about this day and age is it's a much more forgiving uh, history, you know, period of history where, A, you can get on YouTube and find people like me teaching you the skills you need to know. And if you need to know how to shoot video on your iPhone to a professional, there's a YouTube channel that'll teach you that. If you need to know how to write a sales page, there's YouTube channels that'll teach you that. Anything you need to learn, you can learn for free on good old YouTube University. Um, and I'm sure it's a lot of my clients and students that are teaching you that stuff, which is great. But then the great thing is it's such a forgiving period of time to create a business because no one's really looking for an, an expert that's very glossy, the sort of guru. Um, they're really looking for another person who's real, who's authentic, who's experienced a little bit more life in that area or topic than you have, and they're sharing what they've learned. 
That's why I don't even like the, the term expert because expertise, it really scares people off or they don't feel like an expert or I didn't go to college for this. But that's not what's necessary. What's necessary is building a human connection, adding value, and just sharing people with people what you've learned, what's worked for you, just like you would if a friend came to you and said, hey, Joan, how do I do what you do? I see you doing this. Where should I start? You say, well, this is how I started. This is what I would consider. This is a mistake I made. That's all we're doing, but on the Internet and mass. And it, it's, it's relatable. It's forgivable. You know, my first videos were ugly looking and sounding. I was scared out of my mind, so I looked like a deer with, in, in the headlights. And it was awkward. But I, I learned and I've gotten better over time. And it's, it's a very forgiving medium, uh, and it's a great place to start the process. And your fear goes away the more you do it. And so in addition to what you just described, if you could kind of bullet point it for someone, what would be your best advice to help someone get started? Yeah, I would say it all starts with figuring out what is your topic going to be? What is the thing that you want to share with the world that would help people? Um, What have you had experience in? And you might have quite a few things. So I would kind of pull out a piece of paper or a Google Doc and, and put down two lists on the first list bullet out everything that you love to talk about, love to help people with, have helped people with before, the thing that your friends text you for advice on or call you for advice on or whatever, um, or just things that you enjoy talking about uh, and, and don't censor yourself. I mean, my list would include um, football, uh, eating pizza, going to the movies, um, personal finance. I always dork out over that. I love reading investing books. That's something I've learned a lot about and it's fun. Um, music, music recording, building a business, um, parenting, um, you know, marriage. Um, I'm not an expert in any of these things, but I've done a lot, all of them for many, many years. So I would list all those things out. And then you would make a second list, which is, okay, of those things on your list, which of those is valuable in the marketplace? Meaning which of these is a topic that people are already spending money on? And one way to find that out, um, there's lots of ways, but one way is to just get on Amazon and look in the books. Look at what books are being published, if any, in that topic or niche. Are there books around personal finance? Are there books around marriage and parenting? Are there books around the NFL or football? If there are books that are being sold that were put out by major publishers, um, then you know that there's money to be made because these publishers have already done the research. They've already bet on this topic being a sellable topic. Um, maybe the author's not the best author. They're always taking a chance on an author, but the topic they really believe in. And so you get a sense of, okay, big picture, this is a marketable niche. You don't want to jump into a space where you don't know if anyone's spending money because um, then you're really taking a risk. But from there, you can say, okay, well, what else could I learn? I, I love staying on Amazon. I'll look at some of the top books that are sold in that topic, and then I'll look at the reviews and I'll skip the five stars. I'll skip the one star. I'll just look at the two to four star reviews because these are honest reviews of people who liked certain things about the book and didn't like other things. And they'll tell you a lot about what they're looking for, what problems they have, what desires they have. And it's just simple market research to know what real people are thinking around your topic and niche. And you start to get a picture of, wow, there's people in this area that need help, want help, and here's what they want to accomplish or do or see realized in their life. And if that matches up with one of the things on your list of passions, you know, expertise, experience, knowledge, uh, then it's worth testing even more. And you can reach out to friends, family, people on your social circles and say, hey, if I were to create some content around this, um, what would you say your biggest challenge is around this topic or niche? Or what 
what are your biggest hopes or dreams in the next 12 months around this topic or niche? And just continue that conversation of researching and, you know, maybe spend a week or two or three doing this, and you will have so much more clarity on what you might want to talk about, might want to help people with. And you may not like it forever. Maybe it's not the best one, but it's a great place to start. The book is How to Get Paid for What You Know. If you'd like to learn more about Graham and his work, you can visit GrahamCochran.com. Graham, in our final moments, what's the takeaway? The takeaway is that you have way more value inside of you than you know. And there is a world out there that is set up to reward you for that knowledge, that experience, that, that, that um, passion. And so all you need to know is figure out the mechanics of the business model and, and experiment with it. I, I think people are sitting on a gold mine. I write this in the book. I think people are sitting on a gold mine. They don't even realize it. Uh, and they have so much more value to offer the marketplace. This is a world that values and pays for ideas, education, thoughts. Uh, and it's a great business to be in. And anyone can start it, even with just 30 minutes a day on the side. And it can grow with you as you grow. Um, it's worth exploring and seeing if there's something in it that you really enjoy yourself. And once again, that's how to get paid for what you know. Graham, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Joan. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.